Boom. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Pain to Purpose podcast. Today, I have these two beautiful ladies here to share uh, to share their story and any and all their their golden nuggets that they've learned on their journey to living their soul's purpose and their mission. They have a wonderful podcast that I've been following, Sense of Soul, where it's, man, so if you have not checked it out, please do on Spotify and Apple, uh, the people that they have coming on there to share their wisdom and their stories is incredible. Each of these ladies, they both practice Reiki and their service to the world. You, I'm sure you can just feel it. And then their background's just perfect. <laughs> um, all about, you know, alignment and transformation and serving from a soul level, which is just so, it's just missing in the world within, in business and corporate America, just being connected to your heart and working from your soul. What do you ladies think? <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you so much for having us on to Vanessa. Um, it's it's an honor to be with you and to share this energy. We appreciate the space. Oh, of course. Yes, I would love if you can share with us, Mandy, um, starting with you, just what what has gotten you to this point and a little bit about your journey and what you've learned about this game that we call life. (laughs) (laughs) That it is. Well, yes. And thank you, Vanessa, so much. You are truly an inspiration to me. I feel just as honored to be on here with you. I admire and love that someone of your age is, you know, using their soul to put light out into the world it's very inspirational. I so wish that at your age, I would have gotten it and it would have stuck. Unfortunately, uh, the universe wanted to teach me a couple more real hard lessons. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, my story, you know, it's, it's deep. It's painful. Unfortunately, there is the trauma, but I'm grateful for it. I was always very sensitive and always cared more about other people than I did myself. I also never was really taught self-love. I thought love meant loving others and I never took the opportunity to get to know who I was. So at a very young age, I jumped into committed relationships that were unfortunately abusive. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I could love people through their pain And unfortunately, that led me down a dark hole of many, many years of being, you know, in these relationships that were very codependent and very abusive. And along with that kind of pain, I also was so much into ego and caring about fitting in that I used alcohol to kind of jumpstart myself um, into this party life that continued on until I was actually into my 30s. I uh, went as far as using cocaine and alcohol. And then at the end, when my body was physically addicted, I would pretty much put anything that could help uh, me chase that high into my body. I Also, during this span, had a near-death experience when I was 18 years old in 1994. That was a a wake-up call, but unfortunately, I turned my back to the wake-up call. It was short-lived. I did did have an outer body experience, and uh, I definitely felt oneness in my life for the first time when I had that experience, but I decided to go back to the party life. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, this kind of uh, pattern continued, like I said, into my into my 30s. And I continued using drugs and alcohol to the point where I just didn't want to live anymore. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't um, like myself and I didn't know myself. And quite frankly, I didn't know where to start. So for me, my journey really started when I went to rehab and I always love to give a shout out to the place that I went to for 30 days. It was called Harmony House. It's here in Colorado in Estes Park. 
And that's when I had my first burning bush. And I was the type of person who needed a burning bush. I needed a massive burning bush to light that fire under my ass to know that I was worth living for. And that burning bush was someone simply telling me that my past did not define me. And that if I believed my God was a loving God, then I would forgive myself and learn to love myself. And that's really where my journey started. And yeah, I, I get chills just thinking about it because it was the darkest 30 days of my life, but also the most enlightening 30 days of my life. Um, going through the withdrawals of alcohol and um, drugs was extremely hard, but I found my tribe there. And that's where I you know, started really doing some soul searching. I didn't even know what soul versus ego meant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, my kind of life in a nutshell. And then I was blessed in sobriety, in recovery, to have another near-death experience in uh, 2013. And that near-death experience spun me into my purpose today. And where Shanna comes in is she was always by my side, loving me unconditionally and supporting me from age 15. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, and what's that, what's that, your, both of your connections together, what's that like having this like deep soul connection together, just knowing that you have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mandy. I was just going to say for me, people always think of soul family or soul mates as the opposite gender. Uh, Shanna is definitely a soulmate. We finish each other's sentences. She was the one who taught me that what unconditional love means. It means loving with someone with no conditions. And she truly was an example of that, watching me go through my journey. And I reciprocated that back. But we we all (laughs) know that we were blessed with each other because during our spiritual awakening in the physical symptoms that we experienced and the thoughts of thinking we were absolutely insane and people telling us we were, we were able to lean in on each other and validate that we weren't crazy and to trust our intuition and to trust our gut and to trust our souls. And so that connection with Shanna and I is so much deeper than just a normal friendship because now our souls have gotten to know each other. In this life. Yes. And where, where did you two meet? Yeah, we've known each other since we were um, like 15 years old. You know, we had older boyfriends. And so we were the younger ones that couldn't get in the clubs and stuff. And then we did a lot of um, hiding in bushes, trying to like bust them and stuff. <laughs> I love we were it. pretty good at it. oh oh god we used to say that we were going to do something together in the future we're going to do like a um investigation like we're going to be snm where you could call us and we would go investigate and like you know one of those like relationship cheating busters (laughs) shannon (laughs) i can kind of tell you where our we were all ego at that point that's when we were really and we were using our gifts for completely the wrong thing Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah and what does that do like you're using your gifts and going into the wrong direction what how does that how does that manifest in your life does it cause like chaos does it internally just feel like um Yeah, I would say that for me, I mean, I think that one, it can cause a lot of fear, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of doubt and possibly even shame. But, you know, as young as, you know, I can remember, I was always very afraid of energy, you know, not knowing what it was, not understanding it. And I mean, I can remember sleeping with the covers over my head and just not being able to breathe. But that's just how I had to sleep my whole life. I was such an empath. Not knowing what that was, I was really just soaking up everyone's negative energy all around me. Yeah. 
And, you know, after a while and doing that for years and years and years, it could be very dangerous. It turned into pain, right. you know, all of the stress and all those things eventually turned physical. And the only thing I wanted at the time was to get rid of it. So whether you turn to drugs and alcohol or you, you know, take lots of medications, which sometimes you need. You know, you just want the pain and the stress and everything to go away, which, you know, I think that a lot of people who do have gifts and they don't understand them, it kind of turns into pain and anxiety and things within their body that they don't really know how, what it is. Oh my goodness. I, I love that you just said that because my, I, I had this big awakening with mental illness and how I just don't perceive it as mental illness, that it's, it's gifts that have gone wrong and turned to the negative polarity or, you, mm. you know, you are extremely sensitive to energy. It can cause these ups and downs, which um, our society can call bipolar um, when you're really just super sensitive to, to other people's energies and um, not knowing, not knowing that then like, Oh, there's something wrong with me. Right. Well, like, even like spiritual gifts coming in as clairvoyance or clair sentience, you get this knowing about stuff and all of a sudden um, you're a paranoid almost in many ways. Like, can I trust these people? Is this really happening? Do I trust myself? And so learning discernment and, mm -hmm. and how to make yourself clear enough to be able to discern those messages that you're getting and understand where they're coming from. And even once you're awakening, I mean, you can let evil in there as well, you know, because you're so open. Of course, there's good and bad energies. And, you know, the, for myself, I have found that the more you are an empath, the, the larger your aura is going to be. And so that's going to stand out and people around you, especially those energy vampires are going to be like, Ooh, I like that energy. I'm going to go and get some of that. And I was one of those people that were like, sure, just take it, please. I want you to be mm. healthy and happy. So please just everyone take all the good I have. And then I was left with nothing. And not only was I left with nothing, I was drugged up, so I didn't feel anything. And so I was spiraling out of control. So it wasn't until I truly was learning how to identify these energy centers within my physical body. And that helped really a lot to learn about what was happening in my life, actually, which you do Reiki as well. So you understand that, like our bodies are kind of a map of our lives. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, storing all of our stories, our repressed mm -hmm. emotions. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, is that something that you uh, struggled with growing, growing up, and on your journey, just being super sensitive to energy? Yeah, yeah totally. And I didn't know what it was. You know, in my house now, we call it just extra energy. But I mean, what it, what I was diagnosed with was anxiety. So not knowing what it was, I thought I was like dying or something. Most of the time I'm having a heart attack to it, having a diagnosis, them calling it something, them, you know, prescribing it and numbing it to me actually wanting to get off of all that. So I could truly feel it to be able to identify where's it coming from in the first place and why have I had it my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then understanding that all along it was just energy and so that's what we call it. We stop calling it by label. We just say extra energy. And that is what it is. Whether it's a really bad headache, I'm sorry, a really bad headache, or it's, you know, anxiety in your chest, or even pain, you know, sometimes it's physical, and there's something that you need to go to the doctor and, and take care of. But a lot of times it's like, hey, you just need some water, or you need to breathe, you know, we forget to breathe. Or you need to stop overthinking. So, you know, sitting with each, you know, sitting with your pain, sitting with the extra energy will help you identify a lot more than just taking a pill and then numbing it. And it's still there. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Getting to, mm -hmm. getting to the root, the root cause. I always look at our sub subconscious that we have this like garden and then we have these weeds that are just taking up space and you know, 
perhaps dying flowers that no longer serving you and going in there and and pulling it out like we don't we don't need these in here anymore you create more space yeah yeah you know back to your question um about how it manifested in my life i also realized that not only did i have an addiction to drugs and alcohol but i had an addiction to other people's shit because it was easier to look outward than it was to look inward and so when Shannon and I would put our time into things that and use our beautiful abilities for negative things, we were creating more anxiety and chaos in our life. But we didn't know, as cliche as it sounds, that the answers were within. We were never taught that. I don't know that we are ever taught that. And that's part of our purpose now is to teach these parents how important it is to teach self-love because at such a young age we're taught to go find another partner and give that love to them and we do that before we even get to know ourselves and then I really had to look in the mirror and realize that I had an addiction to self-sabotage happiness didn't feel comfortable to me because I had always been in such a in such a place of chaos and anxiety and I was using my abilities and opening myself up to that negative energy that I didn't know any different. So serenity and peace was not comfortable. I was not comfortable in my own skin. And Shanna and I were so blessed, another synchronicity, but we ended up with the same therapist. And this therapist said to me, you guys have amazing, well, she didn't say you guys because, you know, we couldn't cross that boundary, but she said, you have amazing gifts. Why don't you use them for something positive? Like we love researching. We're like detectives. So we started researching our symptoms and our physical pain and what we were going through as far as the shift in our brain. And, you know, Shanna said something profound to me once. She said, how much of what you know were you told? Or how much of what you know did you experience? And I thought, holy shit, my whole life I have lived based on what people have told me. And so we took those skills that we used to use to find out where our boyfriends were <laughs> to find out where our souls were. <laughs> yeah. So it was all about tweaking those same beautiful abilities that we'd always had, but using them in a loving intention. Mm, wow. Oh, I love that. It's so I was at a yoga retreat in um, Bali last year. And one of the cards that we got was who were you before the world told you who to be? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. true. It's so true that we, um, because of ages zero to seven, we're downloading the world around us. And so, uh, so we know how to be in the world. Yeah. And typically then the people that we are witnessing, um, for the most part, their, their behavior is based off of their past experiences that has been passed down from generations and generations until it becomes made aware and conscious. And that's what's so beautiful mm-hmm. about this conscious revolution that we're having on earth right now is mm-hmm. being able to be aware of these patterns and identify like, I don't want to carry that on and pass that to my children or just pass it on in the world. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what I think that was probably the greatest healing in my journey was connecting with that because, you know, first you have maybe an awakening and you're very, you know, connecting spiritually and like I say, you're, so you're up in the crown chakra and that is a place that I just would love to have stayed. (laughs) It's like vacation. Yeah. And that, once I figured that out, that I could do it, I was like, oh, I, oh, can I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Yeah, oh, of course. Okay. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to be there. Like, I don't want to be here. I, I want to escape. And so I really liked meditation. And I could have stayed there forever. I could have been like a Buddhist monk or something. Totally. Oh, I but see the that. thing is, is, yeah, I mean, but I'm a mom of four kids and I have to take kids to school and I work and I have to clean my house and function. I cannot meditate, unfortunately, all day long. So 
I was unbalanced. And so my root chakra was calling to awaken. And that in itself was probably even a larger awakening than my spiritual awakening. And this was truly understanding that I have this DNA that was created by um, many lineages of lots of trauma. And if anybody thinks that they don't have it, I mean, feel free, go look in your tree. Believe us, nobody has gotten to 2020 with a family who hasn't gone through so much shit for you to be here for and have what you have today, even as bad as it looks outside right now. Um, there it's, it's amazing. It's, it's rare even that we are even here and existing. When you think about even just the travels that it took to get from like, say France to, to America. And I mean, it was almost impossible. Half, more than half of the people would die on that trip here. So just helps you appreciate truly where you are today, where you came from and you know that even the good, the bad and the ugly, cause some of it's really ugly. You're not going to have all wonderful shamans in your tree, <laughs> in your family ancestry. Um, but you, you are a product of all of it. And so you can decide to take that ugly or to take those um, many generations of hate, if you have them, and change that and then not pass that down to your future lineages. So in that healing, you know, both or actually more than both, you're going to heal past, present, and future. And it's huge. It's freaking huge. And for myself, I had never felt grounded in my life until I actually did this work. Mm, oh, wow. And, and being, and being grounded to it for, for you, since you were, I, I definitely have spent so much time in the upper, <laughs> like I'm in fairy world and it feels yeah, good. Um, so I, I myself have been working on like what it means to have one foot in this world and one foot in the next mm. world. And so how do you find that both of you find that balance in, in having one foot in this world, but then still being able to be, you know, in your fairy world, but then yeah. being grounded. I'll let Mandy take that. I think that she's better at that than me. <laughs> so, you know. I, I was definitely chasing that world too, because not only um, did I feel it, but I experienced it when I crossed over during my near-death experience. So I went into the spirit world when I died. So when I came back, I wanted that. I wanted mm -hmm. to feel like that all the time. And you can reach that through meditation. So I too really wanted to live in that world because I'd been there and it was serene and beautiful and, and easy and love, all love. It was just love. I mean, words can't, there's no word in the dictionary that could describe it. Um, so, you know, I was blessed with Shanna leading me to uh, Reiki and really taking a lot of those teachings and learning to ground myself, whether it would be just walking outside barefoot, connecting to Mother Earth, meditation, taking time to learn about Mandy, taking time to realize that, you know, boundaries were huge for me, putting down boundaries so I could do self-care, uh, boundaries around taking time to love and trust myself. Trust was a huge one for me. I had to trust my intuition and my gut. So, taking all of these amazing tools that I had used to make sure that I wasn't always up in my crown chakra, because, you know, another thing as light workers, we have to make sure and explain that the, the difference between ego and soul are so important for people to know, but also knowing ego is not bad. We were given ego by God for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so there again is another example and proof that we need to learn to live with one foot in and one foot out, like you said. So it's just practices. It's taking that space and having that sacred space that Vanessa, you're so good about talking about and journaling. You know, I call it the five P's uh, pen to paper gives you perspective, takes away the power. And then I pick up the phone and then I pray. And so I've added <laughs> five that's six um, you know journaling journaling um going on walks uh you know learning wisdom shanna and i can't the part of our journey was and our awakening was we couldn't get enough wisdom we couldn't get enough knowledge and 
you know, Chris Lee, Dr. Chris Lee said, I think it was Chris who said that knowledge isn't wisdom until mm -hmm. you take what you learned and implemented it into your life with action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A huge difference, right? So yeah. just the, the Reiki, the meditation, the grounding, the sacred space, the journaling, the, for me, AA was part of my life for a while. Um, so asking for help was a huge one for me. Uh, surrounding myself with, with the right tribe, putting on that unfuckable bubble every morning, doing that spiritual mm -hmm. shower that Shanna is so good at reminding me to do every day. All of those things are what helped me to stay grounded and to be able to live just as amazing of a life here on earth as I did I yes I love it I love those are so many tools spiritual shower I'm interested in learning more well you know you know I think that we often forget that we are spiritual beings we're not just human bodies we have an energy and like I was saying you've got to watch with those energy vampires because they will literally suck you dry I mean, you're in the bathtub anyways, you know, or the shower, like imagine all that energy, you know, you know, being removed, any negative energy, just see it go down the drain and just spend some time with like refreshing, you know, imagine, you know, all good energy clearing over you. And then, you know, we put clothes on our body. We protect that. Why wouldn't we protect our energy? I mean, I put my clothes on and then I put my unfuckable bubble on. I mean, just the intention is huge. You do it every day. It's seriously huge. And, you know, even if you have to put like a little reminder, but then eventually you create the new habit and you are protected all day. I just think that we should be taught that from the beginning. Unfortunately, we're not because people are so just focused on the physical. Right. But you yeah. exercise the physical. I mean, you know, we're so worried about exercising the body. You need to exercise your energy too. You, you have so much to work with that you haven't discovered yet. Mm. Oh, it's infinite. It's infinite. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then that gives you more physical energy and mental clarity uh -huh. when, we, when we unblock our, our energy centers and we're able to, to flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I love that. I love well, and not only that, but I think for me, and I still struggle with this, that I need to remember every morning, instead of looking outside of me into this earthly world for help, to, look, to take a moment to ask my guides and my angels and the universe and whoever your God is to walk with you today. I, you know, we have them there every second of the day and we forget to call on them why are we always looking outward for help when it's right there with us every moment from the mm -hmm. ultimate spirit world that has all loving all knowing oh yeah. man I've definitely been one of those being an only child I like I how I worked with myself when I was younger is I would just talk to anyone that I could at school, like, oh, I'm kind of dealing with this. I wasn't really an introvert in that way. But then that manifested in um, now still something that I'm consciously working on is not right when I have a trigger or something's going on, like I need to call someone like, I just like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. But I'm just like passing on the pain body onto the person I'm talking to. And I didn't even get to fully experience what's coming up for me. And that's when these practices now, like, okay, even I say you're feeling a certain way, go take a bath, go take a, a, a light, a light bath, a, a light shower and journal how you're feeling before. So you bring down the emotions before you go and just splurt it onto the ones that you love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're so busy. We're always so worried about where we're going next. And so your art is the thing is, is that you're already in, you're already cleaning yourself. You're already, you know, putting clothes on your body. Just add that extra thing in there just for your energy. And even when you're exercising the physical body, you know, while you're doing that, have more mindfulness about what's happening. That's a great way to add, you know, a spiritual or energy exercise to that. I mean, you're already doing all the things. It's just, we're so, what are we doing with our minds? I mean, where are we? Just be more aware of your thoughts and be more of the witness of what's happening within your conscious mind. 
Mm. And then you become the higher consciousness the minute you do that. So there you go. You win. Mm. Mm, I, yes, I, I love that. And that actually kind of just answered the question I was going to ask you something that I've struggled with. And I know some of um, my clients and perhaps some of our viewers watching right now struggle with this. But when you have people close to you that maybe feel kind of like energy vampire ish, but they don't mm -hmm. like realize it, but just you know, if they're experiencing a lot of negativity uh, and just how to create that space and not that you like, you know, oh, just like don't spend time with them. Well, like how, you know, that finding that balance, but you said it, it's like being a witness instead of being uh, fully just soaking it all in. You can hold that space for the person that you love and not have to take that on. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I used to always say, you know, in that moment, you can identify, is this mine, you know, that's causing the emotions that's going on in me, or is this theirs? And so I, I always, it's not mine, I say it all the time, huh, Mandy? But Mandy's always been a lot better at boundaries, and I think that's probably your experience with AA. What do you think, Mandy? Well, so I was taught in AA, I loved this. It was called Detaching with Love. Mm -hmm. So detachment and boundaries for a lot of people look like, um, our, our therapist actually taught me this, it looked like a stone wall. People think of boundaries as this like stone wall that they put up around them to keep people out. When really it should be a white picket fence that lets the good come through the pickets but keeps the bad out and they're there to protect you. They're not to control someone else. They're there for you to, to um you know, create that space for yourself. So I have learned to detach with love. And I will tell you, that was a hard, hard lesson for me, especially my marriage sometimes, because we're in the same house. So sometimes my detaching to my husband would look like not very loving. So it was like creating uh, a space to where I could detach and, and, and authentically let him know I needed to just take some time to process some emotions and learning how to shift into not reacting off of emotion mm -hmm. and just, you know, detaching. Um, another example would be that I have a family member who drinks a lot. And so it's uncomfortable for me to speak to them when they're drinking. And I, you don't have to tell people your boundaries. What I did was I just knew that this person I could, would only speak to them and answer their phone call before noon because I knew they would be sober then. So it's detaching with love and you don't have to like tell people what these boundaries are. You can just simply do them without them even knowing and it looks loving. They don't know. And it's just creating that boundary for yourself to protect you not to control them. Ooh, I love that. I love, especially just, I'm, I'm so big on speaking. I'm such a speaker. And so I, I've definitely been the type of person to sometimes over express, <laughs> just say all the things um, I love that. That feels to me like it's just more intimate with myself and it is loving. I'm saying an integrity with what's best for me so that I can then hold better space for those around me and not having to like voice that. I, I like that because n no one really needs to understand, but you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I was well, the thing is, is that when you do do that, you're taking away from them as well because then they don't learn to sit in that emptiness and sit in their own shit. As we like to say, <laughs> they want someone else to sit in their shit with them, with them. It's more comfortable with someone else. But when you don't, you know, um, interact with this, then they learn to, you know, figure out what's going to fill them up on their own rather than, you, you know, interacting with you to get that. Because that's ultimately what that is. And what I do, I do the same thing that I do with pain that I do with emotions. You have to. So when a pain arises or an emotion arises, the first thing I do is I bring awareness to it and I sit with it. Where is this coming from? Is it mine? Is it someone else's? Because believe me, sometimes even the physical pain comes from someone else. So, you know, and, but even the emotion, like, why is this making me so mad right now? You know what? 90 times, nine out of 10 of the times, 
it's because of you, not because of them. <laughs> your emotions are yours. And so you have to deal with that emotion. If something makes you mad that someone said about you, well, that's yours. You know, that is making you feel that way. They can't really make you feel that way. So yeah, then you need to sit with it a little longer. That was probably one of my most favorite things I've ever heard is no one can make you feel anything. You yeah. choose to let them make you feel the way you feel. Mm. Owning that. Owning that is huge. Responsibility. And also looking in the mirror. I mean, you are actually, you know, putting out how everybody treats you. I mean, the, how you see yourself is how they're going to see you too. So you got to be really careful about what you're telling yourself. So, I mean, that's where self-love, I think, is probably one of the most important things because, you know, we would never talk to our best friends the way we do ourselves. We would never tell a child, you know, you really suck, you need to give up. <laughs> but for some reason, it's very easy to say that. So just really being aware and shifting those thoughts and not letting the ego kind of like override your soul. Mm, yes, that is, that's huge. And there's a difference between taking responsibility and blaming yourself, which just yeah. further puts you down that, um, that, that, that hole. I know I've, I've dealt with this too, when I'm like, okay, I'm taking responsibility, but then you, like, you end up like, you can very easily, there's this fine line that you can just blame yourself. Like it's my fault. It's my fault. When really, no, it's, you're taking your power back when you accept responsibility for yourself and how you're feeling. And through that taking responsibility, you have a choice to choose differently. You, you have the choice. You can you need the space though. You have to have that pause to, to be able to have those thoughts and stuff, which is hard because I know I've done it. You know, someone says something to me, I just like all over him, you know, without even thought. And then, you know, you're like, shit, you know, I mean, so you need to learn that self-regulation. Ooh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is totally uh, another angle, but I'm going to throw it out there because I always speak what's being placed on me, but I think it's important to understand that a lot of times, and I'm going to challenge people that are listening to this when you see things that you don't like in other people, it's usually things that you don't like within yourself. The whole, if you spot it, you got it. So a lot of times where I'm, you know, festering in things that I don't like about others, I have to humbly say to myself, okay, this is what you don't like. Do you maybe carry that characteristic about yourself and you, and really looking in the mirror at myself because we can't change others. We can only change ourselves. And 99% of the time, it's, it's something within me that I would like to shift. Oh, I just had like an epiphany. <laughs> My epiphany is that I definitely have been struggling with those that are close to me, close to me, like their negativity. Mm -hmm. And like, so, and I love the, you know, the, the, having your boundaries, but then it's, if it's getting to me, that's a reflection of like me not loving and accepting my own negativity that I can have within myself. Yeah. And so that's why I'm having such a hard time with it that it just like festers inside. Yeah. Why is this bothering me so much? Like I, to the point of like, I just want to shut the door completely. Like I just don't need any of that, but yeah. that's, you know, there, and, but it's also having that discernment. Of course, if it gets to like be too toxic and abusive, that's a different story, uh -huh. but. Oh, totally. Where, where you're, you're just having experiences happen and those around you are having experiences happen and they're experiencing negativity. But that definitely is a reflection of me not accepting my own negativity and loving my own negativity that I can, that, mm -hmm. that we all have <laughs> as similarities. Yeah. So, yeah, uh -huh. it's so true. You know, part of my spiritual awakening, and I just want to clarify for me personally, a spirit, my spiritual awakening wasn't just like, voila, you're awake, you're awakened. They keep coming and coming and coming every, every day. And some of them are beautiful experiences that, you know, I, I look at it as like a spiral staircase. Mm -hmm. It might be a beautiful experience that gets me up to that next yeah. spiritual step, but it might be a really bad one too. And sometimes while I'm in the eye of the storm, I'm like, 
fuck you. Like, I, this, excuse my language, but I'm just like, no, I don't want any more. I've already had enough struggles in my life. Why? <laughs> and now I really try to remind myself that I'm going to learn something amazing in this storm. So now mm -hmm. instead of resisting it, which makes it worse. I throw my hands up, I surrender to it, I accept it, and I say, what is this beautiful teaching that you're going to teach me, God? Because give it to me. Because I yeah. want more knowledge and I want more wisdom because I wouldn't be sitting here today on your podcast if I didn't have any of those bad experiences. Mm -hmm. So really learning to shift. And sometimes yeah. in spiritual awakenings, one of the biggest things that I struggled with was finding people that, understood me because when you awaken your tribe changes and sometimes I wanted to go back I wanted to undo what I had learned and experienced because I wanted to be normal again I wanted to be the sheep in the society not see, not see it yeah. yeah it was easier it was easier that way but then you know I had to look in the mirror because I was like these people around me are still loving and caring. So it was about being able to create a space of empathy for them and still being able to surround myself with them, but with boundaries and then having my tribe of people around me that understand mm -hmm. that I value more soul conversation than I do talking about days of our lives or soap operas or, you know, so just creating yeah. a space of non-judgment and realizing it's okay that they're down maybe a little bit lower on the spiritual staircase because it's mm -hmm. very selfish and mighty of me to expect other people to think how I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. everyone's that has their own journey and it's gonna go at their, their own pace. And I think also, Mandy, you know, impermanence goes along with that and just knowing that nothing is permanent. Like everything will change and evolve. There's nothing in that the only thing that does not change is this moment right here that we're talking and you're listening or watching this. That's it. In five minutes, everything could change. I mean, five, five minutes ago, my last words are gone. It, mm -hmm. They don't exist. So, you know, knowing that and accepting that in advance and not attaching yourself to anything or anyone because of that and knowing that, you know, if somebody wants to move on, that's part of life. This is growth. If, if a job doesn't work out, that's okay. Things change. You know, this is growth and looking at it in that way. Building a peaceful relationship with change because mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. that change is where we enter the unknown and then there's uncertainty and we don't have a plan from A to Z and not sure how things are. Our mind doesn't know how things are going to work out, but that's when we yeah. talk to that take those moments in that and have that space to tap into your heart your heart does know and there mm -hmm. is a peace within your heart that despite what's going on all around you you can maintain this yeah. peace. and I I love the Buddhist teaching of non-attachment mm -hmm. it's yeah so, me too it, <laughs> the podcast on that yeah <laughs> right Seriously. the clinging but you know of the what? Mind. also you know, think about those lower vibrational things like fear and shame and guilt and even grief can be if it's too long. Even though these emotions are normal, they should only be temporary, you know, in and out, just like breath. And, you know, acknowledging them and just letting them go, you know, not letting them, you know, store inside your muscles and create pain or, you know, causing someone to not be in your life because you can't let go of emotions or something like that. I mean, those are the things that are going to cause you to have low vibrations. So not even attaching yourself to some of those emotions that should only be temporary. Mm. And, and not only that, they don't come from the soul. Your soul really has no fear or, or shame or any of those things, think about it. Your soul is directly connected to the divine. It made it. It doesn't have that. It didn't come here with that. It doesn't even have the ability to have it. So it is only your ego and your conditions and your physical body that are experiencing that. So when you're just using discernment saying, okay, wait, why do I have this fear about, you know, um, completing this or doing this? Well, it definitely isn't your soul. <laughs> 
You know, it's, it's funny because I can vouch for that. I've actually experienced it. So you can read that in books and you can think about it. But the reality is I experienced it. So I'm here to tell people that when I died and crossed over and was in the, with the divine, there was no fear. There was, I didn't miss my children. I wasn't sad. I wasn't angry. All you are is love. So I am proof that that is what the soul is. Mm. I experienced it. It wasn't a textbook. You know, and I think Shanna's experienced that through meditation. And I think people that, I mean, meditation is where it's at. I mean, we've talked about so many topics today. They're probably like, our listeners are probably like, wait, how do I get there? How do I get there? But you know, the thing is for me, it started with mindfulness 100% because after I got out of ICU, I had to connect my mind, body, and soul just to lift this pen in my hand. I couldn't do it. I was so weak. So I was forced to be mindful. I was forced to be present. I was forced to connect the three. And in that space is when my entire life shifted and that awakening just was like, boom. So when Shanna talks about being present, oh my God, that is where it's at. Mindfulness, meditation, learning to be present. Yeah. And even two minutes is better than no minutes. I mean, you know, sometimes we just have too many high expectations on ourselves. You know, I, I'm going to go meditate for two hours. Every, no, I don't know anyone who does. I, I think actually Deepak might, <laughs> but I, 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 I can't meditate. I don't have time for that. I mean, I take what I can get. Mm, yes. And one of my favorite for those of you that have a busy busy mind is mantra. I love using some type of, of mantra, whether it's a Sanskrit mantra or just like an affirmation statement that you're repeating mm-hmm. to yourself to focus your mind. One of uh, Ram Dass's favorite techniques is I am loving awareness and mm-hmm. focusing your soul is love and awareness. So it's like, I am, <laughs> I am soul. I am loving mm-hmm. awareness and that has brought me so much peace when my, my when the mind gets crazy because I get it yeah. I get questions all the time about meditation and like how do I clear my mind and let's not yeah. focus on clearing the mind let's let's focus on becoming aware of our breath or, yeah. breath exactly and and bringing a focus to I mean I I was diagnosed with ADHD I, I I've got brain clusterfuck in my head like well before I was like 24 hours a day I mean it was so insane I don't know how I was functioning now that I think about it so I understand it's very difficult I've, I've taken mindfulness classes and I was thinking the whole time like oh my god I suck at this so bad this is so bad this is horrible I can't even breathe right but even that was such an awareness of how horrible I talked to myself So even if you're not doing it right, as you think you might not, even that was very profound to me because that was, I was aware of how horrible I was talking to myself. So just, you know, don't give up and keep trying. And and even if, like I said, two minutes is better than no minutes. And just maybe, you know, find some time every day just to sit with yourself. Mm -hmm. Start with that. And, you know, I will tell you, it's such a beautiful shift within my house because I learned to say no, which was one of my boundaries. Like, mom, come do this. Uh, Mandy, come do this. I need you to do this, this, this. And I would say, no, I need to go create space and meditate. And I authentically explain to them why. And then I go and do it. And I've now found that my children join me. My kids' mm-hmm. kids join me. My husband will join me once in a while. And so all it's just so beautiful how when you mm-hmm. shift, other people around you shift without you telling them, oh, you need to meditate. <laughs> when I was first going through this, I had to teach my dog to meditate because he was a puppy. And I was like, oh, shit, what did I do? Because, you know, I, I was just trying to go on my business and meditate. And the dog kept on coming up. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, I, you know, make it work. And, it, it, you know, my little one uses it now. And I say this probably every episode, but for people out there that struggle with meditation or think that it's just unchristian like because we've been told that look at it this way 
prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. And it's funny, we, we always want to talk our faces off and, and say, you know, universe, God, I need this. I want this. I want that. But we have, we never create that space just to listen and pay attention to uh, his, the voice and yeah. the signs and synchronicities and the messages, because we're so ego that we're always shouting out what we want and need. Well, maybe if we all would just be a little bit quiet and be present, there are so many beautiful messages that you'll be told. Ooh, meditation equal listening, just listening. Even if it's observing your own thoughts and eventually as you listen without attachment and just allow yourself to be, yes, you receive, you do receive answers and messages and it's beautiful. Mm. Oh my gosh, you ladies, there was, <laughs> I want to listen to this like over and over and over again, <laughs> over and over and over again. This was You're so cute. <laughs> Thank you ladies so much for sharing your beautiful stories. And I'm, mm. I'm super grateful to have both of you on this podcast and sharing the love and the wisdom and the light. And I'm so yeah. grateful that you two have each other and found, found your soul tribe within each other and that you're, mm-hmm. you're just spreading this light in the world. And thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, shout out to Chris Leaf for, with um, his Hi. podcast on Melth- um, healthy mindfuck for hooking us up with you and we really enjoyed it and we would love to have you on you're going to be on our podcast in like what, like a month or so right yeah and we look forward to that and we yeah. wish you all the best vanessa you're so sweet and you're doing good oh yeah. thank you thank, thank you much for having us on i just wanted to leave um the listeners with love yourself get to know your soul The second you learn to love everything about yourself, the good, the bad, and ugly, everything just naturally shifts and starts happening. So it starts with that self-love. It really, really does. Yes. Love is not just a, an emotion that we can feel, but it's a state of being. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. It's an awakening of its own. Oh, it is. There's a cracking open. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Definitely go give these ladies a listen on their podcast, Sense of Soul. And thank you all for listening and watching. Yeah. Uh, All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much.